Welcome to another Mulready Minutes, a podcast about insurance for insurance people. We're going to dive deep into some insurance issues, speak to leading experts in the industry, talk about what is and isn't working in that space. Uh, we're going to dig into it all. Thank you for joining us uh, again for another Mulready Minutes. Uh, today, we're talking about captive insurance companies and why that may make sense and be an excellent choice for your business. Uh, a company owns the captive insurance company. It's uh, often a financial solution to maybe a difficult to insure risks or um, uh, traditional insurance isn't a good option for whatever reason, but numerous options, numerous reasons why you might uh, establish a captive insurance company. And so we are blessed today to have a couple of guests with us. Uh, we have Heather McClure. Heather has uh, helped establish in 15 years maybe at, at uh, Oklahoma University uh, and all that went, went with that uh, with their risk management and risk officer as well as uh, their captives. She recently has made a move to Aon where she's chief risk officer uh, for them and their healthcare practices. So, uh, and secondly, we have uh, my colleague, uh, uh, Donald Ashwood. Uh, Donald is our captive coordinator at the Oklahoma Insurance Department. And uh, so thank you both for being here. Thank you. Donald, I'm going to start with here. you, put you on the spot. Um, why should companies choose to domicile their captive here in Oklahoma versus 49 other states? Sure. First and foremost, Oklahoma is a great place to do business. It uh, provides a wide variety of opportunities that you can utilize for a great captive experience. Some of the key items I think that need to be noted though is we have uh, very competitive premium tax rates. You have a low cost of establishing a captive insurance company, limited investment restrictions, a broad uh, allowable coverages, and probably the most important note uh, to include here is Oklahoma's commitment to responsiveness to its existing and prospective captive insurance companies and service providers. Uh, this is really the most important because it can serve as a metric as to whether or not a captive or a service provider either chooses your uh, state as its domicile. Okay, I'm going to launch a little bit off that, Donald, and as my mom used to say, to, to toot my own horn a little bit, but uh, <laughs> at our department, I mean, and when I've come on board, that has been a big um, point of mine is just that different insurance departments establish different personalities, if you will, across the country. And so we want our department here in Oklahoma to be known as being responsive, business friendly, always keeping the consumer uh, protection as our number one priority, but uh, but efficient and fair. And so uh, just yesterday, I had meetings with three different insurance companies and uh, heard some great, great feedback about the responsiveness of our team. And so that's part of what you're talking about. Absolutely. And so within that team, uh, we have as a priority for us to grow our captive uh, area. And so that's what we're here to talk about today is, is just uh, the captive uh, world. I also happen to have uh, had the opportunity a number of years ago to be the House uh, author when I was in the legisla legislature of uh, kind of improving some of our captive laws to make it more attractive to come here. So Heather, I'll turn to you. No doubt considered an expert in the captive world. Um, Thank you all across the country not just here in our own city but and uh, state but across the country uh, you absolutely are and so number one it's great to have you here but number two as you hear this and think about the attributes of a captive domiciling in oklahoma um, is it enticing enough to draw companies here to oklahoma why why not anything you might add to that sure and um again apologies about my voice i've got a little bit of an allergy thing going today but um i think we're going to make it through this podcast and i appreciate you having me here to talk about 
um, what you know to be my, one of my favorite topics, which is uh, captives. I absolutely um, love the the idea that um, Oklahoma is and will continue to be a, um, a reputable. Um, great domicile for captives. I've been in the captive world for you know a couple of decades at least, and um, what I see you all doing here um, with the addition of Donald and the rest of your team is exciting. Um, I think you have shown a commitment uh, to captives that really matches any state that I've been involved with in the country, and I, I mean that truly. Um, I am an o- Oklahoma girl, um, born and raised here, but have had the experience, thankfully, in my career to have worked with lots of um, insurance commission offices and uh, in the United States and in other countries. And I really do feel like Oklahoma has um, what it takes to um, uh, be responsive, as you mentioned before, but also have um, the expertise next necessary within the uh, department to go come alongside businesses and shepherd them through the process of establishing a captive, um, regulating them fairly, and providing that structure that's really needed by um, a commissioner's office uh, to do that. So um, always happy. I'm always happy when I talk to people who are interested in starting captives or who looking who are looking to redomicile. Um, maybe from another country or uh, another state. Um, I'm always happy to talk about Oklahoma. Um, the the decision that Oklahoma legislators and and in your office have have made to um, prioritize the captive industry has been gratifying for me because and it, and it makes sense. It's also very smart, right? It shows um, the sophistication of a state who understands that uh, to draw businesses here, we need to have. Um, those options for insurance, like captives. Um, We need to work with our commercial insurance partners in um, uh, uh, working with businesses who want to establish captives and also maybe have reinsurance or other products through the commercial insurance market. Yeah. I feel like I need to offer up a disclaimer that Heather has not been compensated for these comments (laughs) today. (laughs) Right. But... um, Heather, one other thing that um, you know, folks may not know, but uh, there are a number of states who have an in-state annual meeting requirement. Yes. We do not. Right. So the uh, captive wants to have their annual meeting. It does not have to take place in Oklahoma. Do you think that helps us or hurts us? Any thoughts on that? So, I mean, and the short answer is I do think it helps. However, I will say I have, because of my role um, as the chief risk officer at OU Medicine for so many years um, and running our captive there as the vice president and chief legal officer, I've had um, the privilege really to bring people from other countries and other states, many, many people to Oklahoma mm-hmm. um, to visit our um, facilities there at the campus. And I'm always so proud um, when they first, uh, for, for those first timers, when they get here and look around and see what it's like here in Oklahoma City and other parts of our state. Um, and then also when they leave, they say, I'm coming back. And I'm coming back maybe not on business, maybe on vacation, um, because it is such a great state to come to. So, I mean, I hesitate because I almost want to make people come here and see what we see. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just really not what people expect. Certainly it's grown so much in the last 10 or 15 years that if you ha- – I tell people, um, if you haven't seen Oklahoma in the last 10 years, you haven't seen Oklahoma. Um, certainly not Oklahoma City. So um, that said, I do think that – um, when we look at businesses and we look at the financial situations um, that our 
you know, that industries are in. We don't need to make them come uh, to Oklahoma to have a meeting. Um, we know that once once they visit, they're going to they're gonna come back anyway. I think they will. Um, I'm also not being paid by the tourism department <laughs> of Oklahoma. I was going to say, we can now add ambassador um, to your title, too. But <laughs> I, I do feel like I'm an ambassador to Oklahoma. Um, you know, maybe self-appointed, <laughs> but I'm an ambassador. And I, I do think, though, it's smart to not require it. Um, because it's just one more expense for travel that um, they might not want to do, at, uh, certainly in the initial stages. Uh, I would encourage them to come here, but um, I think it's, especially now in the, these days of, we're all very proficient at Zoom and WebEx and Teams and everything, you know, there, there's no reason to um, have to make them physically come here. Yeah, good. Well, I love your approach. I am I'm similar, quite the ambassador for Oklahoma. Having not grown up in this state, I grew up in the Boston area. We'll take you. And, uh, yeah. Even so. <laughs> my, my adopted, You're adopted. state. It's <laughs> good. Donald, um, can you tell listeners uh, what coverage types are allowed in Oklahoma? Get down to some of the basics here. Uh, certainly, and, and I feel as it, it it's almost necessary to say I, I'm Oklahoma born and bred as well, <laughs> so I guess we've got the good. Oklahoma couch over here. Yep. Um, you know, it, it, I can certainly tell you about that, but it's actually far easier to tell you about the coverages that you're not allowed to do in a captive because there's so few. Uh, captives are so creative and opportunistic that uh, that there's only two coverages that you aren't able to write through through a captive. That being uh, that being your personal motor auto and personal homeowners. But outside of that, sky is virtually the limit. Uh, it's backed by your creative and innovative nature to provide the best possibility for your insurance program. This is why people get into captives, because they want the opportunity to to uh, to do what they know best, and no one is going to know you better than yourself. So a captive is is a great opportunity to to really go down that road and, and create the best opportunity for you and your company. Heather, just to jump back to you, um, what would you consider to be the foundational benefit of creating a captive? So I would say controlling your own risk. Um, you and I talked about this before. I've talked to Donald about this before and others, and it's sort of my mantra. Um, and as Donald alluded to, I mean, no one knows, and I'll say it in a little bit of a different way that I like, but no one knows how to make widgets better than your widget making company, right? So so when we talk about it in a business sense, um, uh, whether it's healthcare or agriculture or energy or manufacturing, you know the risk associated with making your widget um, better than anyone else. And so to control your own risk, to be accountable for your own risk is, is really the goal. Um, you can uh, take that risk and give it to another company who really doesn't know it as well as you do and who doesn't have the capability to mitigate that risk or avoid that risk. But with a captive, you have the opportunity to take a hard, serious look at your risk, what it really is, not what you hope it to be, but what the actuaries mm -hmm. tell you it is, what you what, what your loss history tells you it is. Look at that body of risk. Um, take accountability for it with a, with a captive. Partner with others, with reinsurers and others, so that you're not you know, so it's not a, a volatility that you're you're not going to be able to withstand. Um, but then look at it and put controls in place using the funding by the captive and the money savings that you're going to have um, by by starting a captive. Um, and instead of sending those profits out to another company, take the profits for yourself, the investment income mm -hmm. for yourself, and then put it into 
avoiding the risk um, and improving safety in in whatever organization you're in so that you're lowering the claims um, and that you are improving your risk profile. So controlling risk is the goal um, for you. If you are, if you have a captive, if you're starting a captive, um, that, that is really the theme. Okay. And so you've talked about the, the financial side of that, and, and but but from a parent company standpoint or the, the company that actually owns the insurance company, what what are the benefits or what, what else would you talk about other than the financial side? Other than the financial yeah. side. So again, I mean, I would go back to um, the, the accountability, the control, but but the accountability and sort of the, the moral philosophy of, um, hey guys, hey, you know, employees, um, board of directors, share, you know, we are, we know what we're doing um, better than anyone else, and we're going to create efficiencies. Um, we're going to set up um, maybe some risk grant programs. Maybe we're going to establish some safety officers through our captive using um, funds from our captive. Um, and we are going to go out into our um, production, whatever that is, and we're going to look for ways to do what we do better so that we're making people safer um, and so that we can get back to the business um, and really concentrate on the business at hand, um, which is to providing, providing safe care or a safe product. Uh, um, or safe services. And it, it really is um, sort of a clarification. It's, it's, it's an efficiency that a business should have um, to be able to look through that really clear lens of risk. If you don't, if you're, if you're seeding your risk out to another company, you're really not seeing what's in your own company. You're not paying mm -hmm. attention to it because someone else is dealing right. with it, right? So, um, so it's really just a, it's a business philosophy that is it should be embedded into the fabric of a healthy business the accountability and the control yeah ownership well this has been really helpful um we've heard uh, anything else that you want to add either of you uh you know I, I would say really from a perspective of, of looking from the outside in if you're looking at a parent that is wanting to uh, own and operate a captive frankly that's an admirable action. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's an opportunity that, that not every company would be willing to do. Uh, it's, it's a risk. Uh, you're, you're going into something you've never done before, maybe something that you've never been involved before. You're going from you know, paying premium to a, a commercial insurer to actually knowing so much more about why there's risk, why there's premium. Things that maybe you'd never really wanted to know about, you have to know about. Mm -hmm. uh, with that said, the benefits outweigh all of that. By uh, far. I mean, whether you're talking about investment income, profit distributions, the biggest impact on that is that accountability really puts you in a perspective of being able to provide the best program that you possibly could. You're not being uh, pooled with a number of individuals that you have no affiliation with. It's everything about you. Uh, and I think if anything to take away, that's, that's a really important concept to take away on this, is that uh, you as a parent, you always want to make the best decision for your company, and this might be just the best one you can do. Yeah, good. Well, thank you all for being here today. I think uh, it struck me uh, as I'm sitting here that we heard about the, the who and the why mm -hmm. from Heather, from a national expert in captive insurance, and, uh, and, and some as well from Donald, but also then we heard the where from Donald. And so uh, in closing, 
we're committed to the captive market here in Oklahoma. Uh, we have a team ready to, to serve and assist and be responsive. And so uh, with that, thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next time.